Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 23rd of January 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. The decorations for the upcoming Lunar New Year are popping up all over Hong Kong this week. The Year of the Dog is coming to a close, and we're about to embark on the Year of the Pig. This is the biggest holiday in the calendar in Hong Kong and the whole city will be covered in pigs by the start of the new year on February the 5th. The new year holiday is a time for celebration and catching up with family, for counting your blessings and for wishing good fortune to everyone you meet. Today, as we look about for the cutest pig in town, we will be listening to Sharon's story about an encounter that she had while she was out and about. After Sharon, we'll hear a very short story from Jane which came to us through social media. Before we get to today's stories, though, thanks for listening go out to our loyal hometown listeners in Hong Kong. We couldn't ask for a more supportive crowd. Thanks, too, go out to our listeners in other corners of this blue planet, especially to listeners in Gig Harbor, Washington in the U.S., Rotterdam in the Netherlands, and Park Hill in Canada. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Wednesday, January the 30th will be our next live show at the Fringe Club. If you're in Hong Kong, grab your tickets now so you won't be disappointed when they sell out. You can find links to the ticketing on our website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now for my show with the theme of home in October 2018, here is Sharon. So it's 6 p.m. I just left work and I'm standing in front of the hotel section of a large supermarket. There are quite some other customers clustering around the counter checking out the food on display. And among them is a woman in her 50s. She is small and skinny wearing dark trousers, dark plastic slip-on shoes, and a one t-shirt, a few sizes too large. From what she is wearing, I automatically assume that she is a cleaning lady working for nearby restaurants, getting food before her break is over. Like her, I couldn't decide, I cannot decide what to get for dinner. So after moving in with my boyfriend some months ago, the duty of planning for dinner fell mostly on me. In the beginning, I would try to cook, but because of working overtime and my lack of practical culinary training, I bought dinner in Cha Chan Teng, fast food shops, and supermarkets instead. Large supermarkets know, especially know, how to sell the hot food. They've, they treat the dressed food like models in photo shoots thick dripping sauces as, make as makeup, styled with toppings of zesty colors, and enhanced by warm lighting. Of course, they are pricier than cha chan tang, but, and definitely not healthier than homemade dinners, but they're quick and save me the hassle of prepping and cleaning. If it were my mom, she wouldn't even get close to this part or this section of the supermarket because she liked preparing homemade meals for us. Her cooking style was uh, simple Cantonese. She would never over-season or over-garnish her dishes. 
This is one partly because she wanted to get us healthy food, so she kept her food low sodium, low sugar, and low fat. The only thing close to fried food us kids could ever get was wok fried egg. She would heat the wok to real hot, down with plenty of oil, and crack open the egg. And the egg white just flared and ruffled on hot oil until the rim turns golden brown. Then she would skillfully flip the sunny side down, wait a bit longer until the egg yolk is almost set, and serve the egg with a slight sprinkle of soy sauce. It was so simple, but I loved the crispy rim, the gooey egg yolk, and the savory mix of hot oil and soy sauce, all in one bite. And um, the second reason for her simple cooking style was partly because of her humble upbringing. She was, my mom was the youngest of eight siblings. She was only a young child when the Cultural Revolution began. Everyone needed to fend for, them, fend for themselves, regardless of their age. Um, she, there was a scar etched on the hairline of her right forehead. She said she got it from a fall when collecting firewood in exchange for food. I found the second, the third, and the fourth scar on her scalp when I started helping her to dye her gray hair. Not all of her siblings made it to adulthood. When she had her own family, she decided her kids would be better fed and better taken care of. She raised us three kids working as a cleaning lady in restaurants. When we had all grown up and we could afford better living and better food, I wanted to save her the trouble of cooking or the preparation or the cleaning. I wanted her to take some rest and spend more time on herself. But she refused to dine out and stuck with the cooking style. Sometimes I would just go out and have dinner with my friends in fancy restaurants without telling her. She would save some food and soup for me. When I returned home with a full stomach, I would just put the food in the garbage bin behind her back. Now, after a long day's work like today, I just want to have a simple homemade meal. Maybe some steamed rice, some veggies, and a wok fried egg. I hear the woman in the supermarket pointing to a small piece of flounder and asking how much. $50. The supermarket assistant tells her after weighing it. The woman in the supermarket mutters through her dry lips that it's too expensive. The shop assistant rolls her eye and just puts the fish back. I sign and remembering something my mom told me about fish. She said, if you want cheap meat, go for fish. She did not have the idea of better or gourmet fish. The woman in the supermarket lingers hunting around the food counter for some more time. She looks so small, 
just like my mom in her last months of battling colon cancer. She then turns around and walks away empty-handed. Mm, she must be so hungry. So I pick up the piece of fish she pointed to earlier and together with a few other items so she could have choices. I wait at the checkout line as I keep an eye on her walking through the crowds. I pay, I put the food in a bag and I run in her direction. I pass through the exits and into the streets. But she's gone. It's not an unfamiliar feeling, the desire to do something to help a fellow human being, but it is not always successful. After hearing Sharon's story, we will be inspired to try again. We don't know all the answers either at Hong Kong Stories, but we do have quite a few ideas. If our stories make you think of one of your own, then get yourself down to one of our free weekly workshops. You can find details on hongkongstories.com. We promise it won't hurt a bit, and you may even learn a thing or two. Now a story that's found its way to us through social media. Here is a short story from Jane. Just went to the supermarket. Had a set amount of cash in my purse, so I knew I needed to choose carefully. Got to the checkout, and it was $10 over. So I did the thing where you put stuff back until it comes under. ER was trying to escape from the trolley, and the other two were whining. I was starting to raise a sweat from being stressed and embarrassed. After paying, I moved away a little to put my purse away and restrap ER. Then the cashier called me and handed me the bag of stuff I'd had to leave. The lady behind me had paid for it. I nearly burst into tears. I tried to object, and her response? I'm on the other side of where you're at, so let me help. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Special thanks go out this week, too, to Edward, who took care of all the storytellers in the October show. We appreciate all your work. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.